Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What is up, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer, Mike Goolsby. It's this week's um, Mike Goolsby Show. Appreciate everyone tuning in live with us, watching back, listening via podcast. Now, for those folks listening via podcast, you don't get to see what's happened here. Um, Mike and I are matching. Was this planned, hey. Mike? Definitely not planned. <laughs> what are the other? We look good. We look all right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Mr. Goolsby, let's dive into it. Notre Dame 35, Clemson 14. You were there. Yeah, man. What, what was that game atmosphere like? I was there, and uh, more importantly, two weeks prior, I predicted the Clemson win. I predicted the Clemson – or we'd be – excuse me, we'd be Clemson prior to even playing Q's, Syracuse. And, um, yeah, I was fortunate enough to go, was fortunate enough to be on the field prior to the game, which was an interesting added dynamic. And we'll probably talk about that. But – um it was a wacky day, man. Wacky weather. There was raining on and off. The wind was consistent. I, uh, and I do think that the wind played a big factor into the game, into our victory. Um, but it was uh, – I'll say this, Mike. I was there with a customer. You know, he was also a friend. And I was watching the game with a critical eye. Uh, more so than as a fan, right? I mean, I was basically watching with my arms folded the whole time I and i just it. kept remarking to tim my buddy i'm like i'm in shock the whole time i was like i'm in shock that clemson didn't put up a bigger fight i was shocked at the the level of just sheer dominance um like we beat that ass and i was like it was just like consistent i mean we played more physical in the second half than we did the first half um to finish out the game and it was like, it was almost like we did the impossible in terms of like, there's no way we're going to be able to consistently pound the rock 200, 250 plus yards, you know, without much of a quarterback. And then you add the the added element of the wind versus their strong arm quarterback. It's like, man, I just, I don't know how we're going to pull this off. Um, you know, the punt block. Yeah. yeah, we had had you know five pump blocks going into the game. Man, is that sustainable? Is that kind of fluky? It turns out, at least for this you know week, as it were, it was sustainable. Um, just uh, it's one of those rare instances where it's a, a true beatdown in all three facets of the game. And uh, yeah, I just that was my biggest takeaway was the weather, the wind. And just, I was in, I was in, maybe not shock, Mike, maybe I was in awe is a better word. I was in awe of our performance, 
um, start to finish. The, the, the environment was was phenomenal. I can't gauge how loud it was because, you know, you don't really get the, the true sense as if you're not on the field the way that, you know, these stadiums are kind of built. But it was it was uh, it was a dynamic atmosphere. And I need to go to more games, Mike. Yeah. What's the last <laughs> so, game you were at? Oh, I know I was at the Notre Dame Oklahoma game years and years ago, and there was one in between there, but I don't recall the specific game. Forgive me. Got CTE over here, folks. So yeah, but I go back every I don't know three, four, five yeah. years. It feels like I was back for the spring game, obviously. But right. Yeah. Well, folks, appreciate you joining live, watching back. You podcast oh, folks appreciate you as well please do hit the thumbs up um, on our youtube channel uh, or our youtube video um, and of course subscribe um, to our channel for more content you can drop a super chat if you have any questions you want um Goolsby or myself or even both if you're lucky to answer and head over to blueandgold.com that promo is $10 gets you access through the start of next football season. Head over to blueandgold.com for more details on that. Truly is um, the best website to get your Notre Dame fix. Um, so, yeah, we would love to have you join us over there um, on the website. So when you're kind of talking about the, what the surprise factor, I, I had the same exact thought. I tweeted this out. During the game, I seriously can't believe what I've watched in this game tonight. I was stunned. Mike, I remember the Stanford game afterwards. I was like, what the hell did I just watch? I cannot sure. believe what I saw. This is the opposite end. It's like, what the hell did I just watch? Notre Dame just beat the crap out of Clemson. What, what impressed you most on the night? We'll start here, and we'll probably bounce all over the place per usual. Of course. But, um, yeah, I got a pregame sideline pass, and in years past, you – pretty much had full access. You could kind of run laps around the outside of the field and they would send you to the, your seats after kickoff. So they've done it differently where they kind of situate you in a, in a corner. So I was in the Southeast corner on the field watching, I was on Clemson side, watching them warm up. And um, it was the first time that occurred to me as like, we look better in pads than Clemson, which is a, a huge sign of like a huge reason for optimism. Like we looked like better athletes, cleaner athletes, higher asses, bigger hamstrings, thinner ankles. Like we just looked better uh, in pads. So that was a huge takeaway for me because I think, and shame on me that I've sort of, and maybe other Notre Dame fans could lump themselves into this group, but I'd always looked at Clemson categorically as a team with elite athleticism, you know, lumped in with like an Ohio State, a Georgia, Bama, you know, top tier, top tier group. And looking at them physically, I was like, we look better. Mm -hmm. We have better athletes. We've got a coach Bayless in the, in the strength program. Kudos to him and kudos for, to the kids for putting in the work in terms of dieting and training. So that was my biggest takeaway. And then when you jump into the game, uh, you know, that, that, that physical stature, I guess, came to the forefront. So that was really my biggest takeaway um, was just a level of dominance. I know the offensive line gets a ton of credit, and, and, and rightfully so, absolutely. And the running backs played incredible. Um, I'm a defensive guy. I mean, I thought that the, the defense 
for the longest time, I mean, for the majority of the first half, really gave us a place to stand as we continued to just lean on them and lean on them. And over time, you wore them down. Um, but that was probably my biggest surprise. And this goes back to that conversation about talking about the athletes. Mike, you know, we've been doing this for, this is our third year now. We always come out of these or tend to come out of these marquee matchups like, man, we need corners. Yep. We need receivers, and it's like, shoot, dude! Like we've got corners, dude. I mean, you look at you look at Cam Hart, um, and Benjamin Morrison, and I'm not not knocking Mickey or Jaden Mickey or, or um, uh, Lewis at all, but like, we've got dudes out there now that can run and cover. So it's like we might, you know, start to check that box. Um, so it's just. It was uh, it was like maybe the the, the tides are kind of turning, you know. And it was funny, like Clemson to me, man, just isn't what we thought they were. What I thought they were, yeah. In terms of the athletes, talking to some fans, I sat next to a couple. Shout out to uh, Sean and and Rachel. They live in Alabama. Sean's a diehard, lifelong Notre Dame fan. Uh, Rachel went to South Carolina University of. And she's like, Clemson doesn't play anybody. She's like, I'm not surprised. I don't play anybody. So it's like Bama lost the same day. Clemson lost. Are we starting to see maybe a changing of the guard um, in college football? It's maybe a little premature to say that, but. Georgia's coming up. I mean, obviously. Georgia's coming up. Tennessee's coming up. Michigan's there. You know, USC's kind of down, maybe finding their way still. But just a a lot of reason for optimism. And uh, like I said, I just feel like we kind of did the unthinkable, ran into the teeth of a defense for four quarters, played your ass off on both sides of the ball. Um, and just, you know, good for those kids. Mm. And it's like, you know, like yeah, go going ahead. into like, I started to get into the press conferences, like where Marcus Freeman came out on Monday, he's like, my team's ready. And it's like, I, I really start to, I really believe that Marcus Freeman's really starting to own this thing. And, you know, I think I said it was last week or the prior week that like coming into Notre Dame and feeling it out, feeling out the vibe, he's been a little bit like PG or even like G rated. And I feel like he's just, he's starting to be, be a little bit more aggressive or considerably more aggressive on the sidelines. He's more confident in the, in the, in the press conferences. And I, I think that the team's starting to, um, really reflect that and and i want to talk about senior leadership is it the senior leadership has figured out to lead underneath underneath coach freeman or is it these youngsters are starting to kind of dip their toe into that leadership pond as it were um but yeah it's just a it's a this is fun this is fun and i'm like i said i was grateful to be a part of that and also shout out to i had a i don't know a few dozen folks come up and want to take pictures and Say I love the podcast, and I'm like, man, it means a lot, especially to you, Mike. I mean, we started this thing just kind of out of the middle of out of the blue, and it's cool that people are watching. So I appreciate those that came up and Patrick dat me up. Patrick says, "Thanks for taking a pic with me." Some guy, it might have been Patrick, sent me a a DM on Twitter and was like, "Hey, got to meet Goosby. Sent a picture of you guys." So um, that's great, dude. I was talking to guys at the urinal. You know, wasn't weird at all. You know, (laughs) (laughs) oh, that's awesome. Love it. So yeah, what, what, what a great deal that uh, we uh, we get to do this, and and this is just uh, it's it's so cool. We we enjoy yeah, this. Man. So Mike, we want to get to all of your thoughts in the game, and I kind of hope that they 
mesh in with what people are, are asking because we got plenty of super chats here. So let's just go through these. And of course you drop one of these um, and uh, we will, we'll, we'll dive into it. Um, uh, Joey, big fan of the show says that uh, does Drew Pine get another participation trophy um, or does he, did you see that he got the game I ball did. offensively um, and, and Joey's reading out his listening stats, nine to 17, 85 yards uh, had the touchdown. Then, you know, the, the rushing touchdown as well. I don't think we're going to spend a ton of time talking about Pine today, but um, do you want to go ahead and, and address Notre Dame's quarterback? I think he made a few plays when he needed to. And I've been hard on Drew, and but at the same time, I root for him. He's our starting quarterback. I've said that his best traits as a player, as a quarterback, are the intangibles. That's what we've been told, the leadership, the moxie. And we can add toughness to that list of intangibles because the kid continues to take some big shots up there, picks himself up. Um, that wind, Joey, was brutal out there. And, I mean, even DJ had a, a difficult time pushing the ball downfield with you know, his kind of cannon arm. Um, but at least with at least with Drew, we know what we're getting. And, you know, even sitting in the stands, fans are like, oh, Tommy Reese is so predictable. Here comes another run. It's like, what the hell? Do you want him to do? <laughs> you know, I did. I did count. Drew got three balls batted down, which is, yeah. is frustrating. But you know, he he makes plays when he needs to. And we said this, I think, about last year's team. You know, what Drew Pine brings to the table or doesn't bring to the table, kind of at this point, Mike, it it makes this team fun to watch. Yeah, we're figuring out a way to work with a little bit of a liability uh, at the quarterback position. I think that game ball was just kind of a solid pat on the back from the coaching staff. So you, you make a good point. So um, I tried my, to. My counterpart who does like the Alabama YouTube channel at On3, um, when Alabama's just rolling, they're undefeated and crushing everybody, he tells me how boring it is. This is fun, though. Notre Dame yeah. losing to Marshall and Stanford, then beating Syracuse. I mean, Syracuse being a good team now, of course. And Clemson, it's it's fun. There's a, it's a lot to talk about. I will say on Pine when we had that, I don't know if I can call it legendary, but it was a, a really, it was a fun discuss debate about Pine. Was it two or three weeks ago? I because I saw the 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 up of North Carolina BYU, and you know you saw things through your own eye. I think now we all just see the same thing. Totally, he is totally. what he is. He can be good you know, given all day and maybe against some lesser competition. But these past few weeks, this is, I mean, I still think he can complete more than 50% of his passes. Um, but, you know, when you're only getting, if you're getting less than, and I'll pull up his stats here for YouTube, if you're getting less than 20, I mean, 20 passes and you get a couple drops, you know, it's, you know, that's, that's not helping you and you get some passes batted down, but still like he just kind of is what he is. So any thoughts on that? Plus Mike, did you have any new takeaways of him after seeing him in person? Um, yes, I agree. He is what he is. And I think again, collectively, like the fan base, I think we're all kind of rooting for him. Right. Um, sort of And coach Reese should get a ton of credit. I mean, he was absolutely dealing in that game dealing. So hopefully we can put the, the coach Reese slander to bed, but in terms of your, your, your question there, Mike, like, is there anything that I noticed? 
when I got my seats, my tickets for the game, I, I like to be in the end zone because it kind of gives you that linebacker perspective, Absolutely. right? I don't think Drew can see. I don't think he can see where he's throwing the ball often. I, I really don't. Like when you sit there, we're 34 rows up in the, you know, I guess the northeast end zone. I don't think he can see, frankly. So if you if you are looking to add to that passing game, for my purview in that game, you have to get him outside of the pocket. Um because it's like, you know, he does have time to throw and he, unless he slides either way, unless he can literally see down these alleyways between your guard tackle, et cetera, I don't think he can see. And he's doing in like just some of these balls you see get batted down. I mean, the release point is like, I mean, if it's if it didn't hit somebody's hand, it's like, I mean, there's not a lot of lift on the ball. It's just, again, back to it is what it is. It is what it is. Okay. All right. Uh, let's move through some of these super chats. Milton fan. Said, so did did Notre Dame look fast? They looked, uh, yeah. I would say, I would say they looked. They looked. There didn't look to be a disparity between speed whatsoever. How's that? I mean, there's. It's it's different. It's different. Milton always drops a super chat. It's it's absolutely different watching a game on television versus watching it in real life. It looks slower in real life. There's no way around it. I mean, there's plays where there's a couple. Diggs had a couple plays where he bounced. It's like, man, get to the edge. Um, but there looked to be no disparity in terms of overall team speed, which goes back to one of my opening statements is that, man, folks, we are really starting to look the part of being like an elite elite team from a physicality, just body type standpoint. And I think it's we're only, it's only going to be more of that with Coach Freeman at the helm, you know, recruiting uh super chat from eric appreciate the 999 he says you can't give enough credit to freeman this season could have gone off the rails after stanford we had dabo shook that's another loss for dabo inside notre dame stadium um and i think this kind of ties into michael's comment he said uh, this is referring to the post game show he says singer called a perfect clemson i i kind of i came on there i was like we all pick maybe not you mike but most of us picked clemson to win because we thought thought they were they were not who we thought they were. They really, they were not a good football team, which is why I was so stunned. But that doesn't mean we can uh, to discredit Notre Dame's performance in the game. But Clemson was no. definitely not as good as as we all thought. I mean, that's not a top five team in the country. So, and, then, and so these two comments. No, I, so yes, Clemson probably isn't as as dominant of a team from a physicality standpoint recruiting ranking standpoint, Mike, as we thought, right? Because across the board, these are all top 100 players, whatever. Um, so they weren't as good as we thought we were, but we're obviously better than we thought we were, Yeah, right? So if both things can be true at the same time. Those special teams are sustainable, apparently. It's insane how yeah. good that unit is. I've never seen anything like it. Have you? And I'm so happy. I'm so – well, no, not the consistency of the punt blocks. I mean, I feel like a punt block – is either a mental error on the punt team or it's a kind of a luck thing. Yeah. But this is intentional. This is schemed. And I'm so happy for Jordan Botello. And after he blocked that punt um, early first quarter, he got quite a bit of run at defensive end. So he got rewarded for that. And also blocking a punt up the middle, folks, is not easy. It's not. I mean, it's much easier to get a piece of one from the side. 
And I'm excited for Jordan Patello. I mean, just stick with it, buddy. It's like you can watch him play. He's got some pass rush kind of acumen. He's got some moves that he's working on, more so than Foskey. I mean, I think Foskey might be a better overall just athlete. But I'm excited for Jordan Patello. And, um, yeah, the, the special the special teams play is, is remarkable. I do think we need to maybe try on a new punt returner. Why not? I mean, um, I think – Brandon Joseph's been serviceable uh, and, you know, Salerno did it in years past, but it's Does like, anyone man, come to mind? I mean, maybe a, a Tyree type. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not at practice. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I just want, I, I, why not? Let's, let's, let's try another one on for size. Just to, that's like the one kind of missing element to our, our special teams unit is, we don't really have a threat back there. And again, I'm not knocking Brandon Joseph, but I think it'd be fun to try somebody else out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like someone's asking Tobias. Like it's, I think if it's like a game of Madden, it's just like, okay, you just put anyone back there, but it, this isn't Madden. It's like, can, can that person catch the ball? Like they have good eyesight, you know, like, I don't know. Can they catch. Punts? Well, it's, it's a difference between like, as a returner, Tobias provides like a lot of size, but so it's like you want a guy that's, to me, somewhat thickly built that's hard to tackle in the open space. I mean, that's that's a difficult tackle to make. Tobias has a lot of hitting surface for a guy Kyron, that's 6'4", 6'5". Kyron was great punt returner. Kyron, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you body type-wise, you almost look at Tyree um, yeah. as a candidate. But I don't know. The coaches will figure it out. But um, either way, not a huge glaring issue, just something I put in my notes watching the game. Yeah. Oh, uh, Tim McCarthy with a 10. Love the show. Great win. What's everyone drinking tonight? Cheers. Uh, tequila. This is uh, a lot of – no, this is water. Um, <laughs> did the Netflix Stranger Things experience. It's kind of cheesy. That's my cup. But, uh, yeah. You what is this? Like, uh, it was kind of – it was in Atlanta. The, the, the Stranger Things had this, like, uh, experience thing where you go through these different rooms and there's actors. Yeah, it was kind of fun. It's kind of corny. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. lost me after the first season, but it was a good show. There you go. All right, Tim, appreciate the 10. We're going to go to one more super chat, and then I'll take a quick, quick break. Joey says Ben Morrison is going to be a beast at DB. Uh, Joey, I will even raise you when I think he already is a beast. I mean, physically, he's not, right? He's a freshman. He's a little slim, but the dude's got it. He's got a great bloodline. Um, his dad was, you know, played in the NFL for Washington and was a part of a great um, Washington, or excuse me, uh, Arizona defense, the desert swarm in the early nineties. And all of his siblings are, are D one athletes. I mean, kid's special. And, uh, he's, I did not foresee him being this good this early on. Um, yeah, yeah. I think he's been starting since week three, but you could see, and we're just talking movement skills and I'm talking like frame, uh, when you look at Clarence Lewis, who probably looks like more of a safety body type, and when you put like Clarence Lewis next to Benjamin Morrison, they're yep. just completely different uh, animals, for lack of a better word. Long arms, and he's got great feet. He's got a real good feel for the game. I did put a note in there about Cam Hart. He was rotating in and out with Mickey throughout the course of the game. Played his ass off the first couple of series Cam did. I wonder... If Cam doesn't feel like, because we had we had pretty high hopes for Cam coming into the season based off of how well he played last year. I wonder if Cam 
isn't developing like a healthy maybe envy of Benjamin's performance and the shine that Benjamin's getting now. So I'm excited to see maybe how Cam plays in like a, a USC matchup where he can maybe get some of that spotlight back on him um, and kind of return to form. So, but be- between looking at Cam Hart and Benjamin Morrison, I mean, that's what modern corners look like. That's your, your sauce gardener. There you go. All right. We're going to take um, just a moment here and here um, from one of our sponsors, which is Barb Stevenson. And if you are looking for that perfect gift for the Notre Dame fan in your life or maybe yourself, look no further than the beautiful artwork of Barb Stevenson, who um, lives near the university um, and has been inspired to create pen and inks of the iconic buildings throughout um, Notre Dame's campus. In fact, she has even been commissioned by the University of Notre Dame many times to create artwork of those classic buildings to give as special gifts. And she now has a selection of four Notre Dame limited pen and ink prints she is offering to our listeners here at Bloom and Gold. What makes each pen and ink print so unique and one of a kind is the hand-painted metallic gold she applies to each one. They are simply stunning. Visit her website, barbstevenson.com to purchase or call 574-210-8388. Order now and receive free shipping anywhere in the continental United States. Order today, barbstevenson.com. And that is, uh, the last name Stevenson is spelled S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S-O-N, so barbstevenson.com. All right, appreciate um, Barb and her support, of course, of Bloom and Gold. Mike, we're going to go back to um, some super chats. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jay Prue says, no, Sanger, losing to Marshall and Stanford's not fun. No, but our two biggest shows this year, uh, our three biggest shows are Marshall, Stanford, and Clemson. So exciting, maybe is the word, not fun. If I use the word fun, I'm sorry. It was more of exciting or interesting, I will say. Uh, Joey's just uh, loading up the Super Chats. He says uh, three games left to Steve Angeli get playing time or possibly start against Boston College. No, no, no. If he's going to be in the mix next year, why not get him some experience? Sure. Um, but, you know, it's like, coaches who are are focusing on next year are looking for a job you know mike i mean you got to focus on the here and now win as many games as you can yeah i think um i would agree with you i don't think we'll see in jelly but i do i would like to see us rolling in some different bodies at the interior line specifically i really would patterson's gone i don't pretend to know the eligibility of lug and Corral, but just so I'm thinking you might look it up as I walk this out, but Blake Fisher and Joe Alda are uh, incredible players. I mean, like Joe Alt's so good, dude. <laughs> it's yeah. like, and I think Blake's a little bit more physically imposing than, than Joe, but Joe's like just such a tactician, just mirroring people. Like he's exceptional. And it's like, what a what a bright spot looking into next season. But I don't want to go through the growing pains that we've, we've gone through the last two seasons, specifically with the interior line being leaky. It's like, what if we could just hit the ground running with our starting unit and having some experience interior-wise when we lose some of these guys next season? Right, Mike? What Did you look up the eligibility? 
Zeke, um, Zeke, sorry, I was looking at something else when you asked me that. Yeah, Zeke's coming back. I, I think okay. YouTube folks are are coming back are, are commenting that as well. And I have the scholarship chart. They've right. both been there so long. I forgive me if I, you know, between Lug and Zeke. Yep. So you got Lug is the only guy running out of of eligibility. Um, I guess Patterson can even come back, but that's hard to for see sure. Thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's a it's pretty young pretty young group yeah so i think i think we might have the occasion against bc or against navy to roll in some younger kids just to get them some game experience and i i, I would like to see that because i think that's the only unit that we don't rotate at all um not to say that there's a need whatsoever but it's just again to give us a slight head start going into next season but i don't believe we'll see angeli i don't yeah. Yeah, so I think that scholarship chart might need to be, I mean, up, updated for next year. I, I think Corel has those COVID years. Who who has an extra year of eligibility? It's all screwy. Um, but uh, yeah. Well, if you don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. Uh, yeah, Joey, again, asking about um, special teams. It's like, he says it's kind of playing uh, Beamer ball. Um, if you don't have an explosive passing game and you're kind of relying on, uh, you know, the good old run game and defense adding some special teams flair is it's not bad yeah it's absolutely an equalizer um and coach o'leary's special teams coach right so and uh, i know he's uh, got a mason brian mason sorry mason yes yeah, so he's got a relationship with coach freeman cincinnati you know, yeah. kind of yeah i sort of outside of the team dynamic yeah i, I believe that they're they're friends and i feel like it, in terms of like there's definitely uh a corollary between sort of the turnaround of the season, Freeman taking more ownership in terms of like the sideline demeanor, et cetera, and the rise of the special teams. It was almost, you could almost kind of create a narrative, Mike, where Freeman had his back against the wall and his boy Mason somewhat threw him a, a, a life raft, right? Um, there's, there's a degree of that here and I'm for it. Absolutely. Love it. And that's, 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 I mean, the special teams, man. I mean, I, you know, I, we had some good special teams. I feel like when I was there, and it, it, it's, it's truly. Did you play much special teams? I did. Yeah. My first two years, that's all I did was special teams. Um, and it's a buy in thing, man. I mean, I can remember Urban Meyer um, was the wide receivers coach when I was a true freshman, and his special teams unit was the kick return. And I can remember like that, that Nebraska game when we ran that kickback. Dude was crying in the on-field huddle, like, and he was just like, "We can do this!" Like, I mean, it was an emotional thing. So, that's what special teams is. It's again letting it hang. You have to have that buy-in, and um, I think Coach Mason's the person, perfect person to deliver that message and, and get that buy-in. And Joey asked, "How many punts were blocked under Polian?" Wish uh, Lou Samoji were with us; he would know. But uh, there you go. I, I mean, I think having like two block punts a year is one or two is probably normal right that's probably your average if someone in the chat knows let me know but uh, six in a season is i don't know if there's a award at the end of the year for the best special teams unit but I, it really should be should be notre dame uh matt Matt, are you asking me a question? Why would you ask me a question? This is the Mike Goldsby show. Thoughts on Joe Wilkins entering the portal? Maybe Matt's asking this because he knows how I've been a big Joe Wilkins fan. I, I'm 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 bummed that you just 
couldn't stay healthy and get a, a good opportunity to to get into the Notre Dame offense because I, I just and it was really just practice clips that we got to see and then the Duke game in 2020 that's really it that we've got been able to see of him and I just thought he always looked good but just never have been able to um to, to yeah get consistent playing time stay healthy do you have any thoughts on this real quick Mike well we got to when we had that uh ex-player current player dinner during the spring when coach Freeman threw up the bat signal for ex-players to come back I actually sat with Joe um at our table and he's a dude he's a sweetheart of a kid and um I'll say this about transferring like in any relationship like your relationship with the program romantic relationship work relationship it's like it's sometimes it's 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 more difficult to leave than it is to actually stay. Um, so like Jacob Lacey transferred out. Like this happens with big time football. So in a way, it's a it's a it's a it's a sign of the times. But like my heart goes out to Joe. I wish him luck. I know it's not an easy thing to do, and hopefully he finds a landing spot. But when you create this level of competition, that you know being a big time program sort of requires this is the byproduct and it just, it is what it is. And I wish him well, great kid. Can't, I mean, all the top programs have all these kids transfers out four or five star kids leave all the time because they're not playing. So, I mean, yeah, I think this is just college football these days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Keith says big place last year against Florida state. He had that touchdown reception. That was uh, a thing of beauty. Um, absolutely. Uh, Chief Brody, he was just a, a doll of a guy just with such great positivity in the, in the, in the YouTube chat. Appreciate it um he says angela he means angeli um that was a typo on his part i'll add this is something that's very common mike um chief's comment well can't steve just hand the ball off and throw it three yards to michael mayer so any any thoughts on just that general sentiment of well can't angeli just do what pine can do like why not give him a chance i agree with chief here and i don't want to I, I don't want to start talking out of both sides of my mouth because, again, if we're going to do that scan offense, yeah, you probably could insert Angeli if the coach is going to tell him what play to run in 70% of the time he's handing the ball off. I, I do think you can do it, but why? I mean, we're winning. We've established a brand of football in terms of great defense, power run game. Um, I, I just – I, I don't think you want to upset the apple cart right now. I, I, I really think that's what it comes down to. It was, you know, it was, I didn't quite know what to make of that. Coach Reese left the booth early, came down, kind of gave Drew a big chest bump on the field. They hugged it out. And uh, there's something there, you know, because it's not like Drew won us the game or did anything really remarkable. Uh but there, there's a lot of things that like constitute a team. There's a lot of things that make it up. And I can remember back going back to the Ohio state game in terms of us breaking in Tyler Buckner. And it was like, you know, the ask of the rest of the unit, the rest of the team was like, elevate your play to support Tyler as he gets his bearings. And it seems as though the rest of the team is doing that for drew. The rest, the rest of the team is elevating their play to support their, their buddy who's uh, doing his best, you know, and I think as us as a fan base, I think we all kind of feel the same. So yes, I do think Angeli can do it, but I don't see the, I don't see the, the point in upsetting the team dynamic and the locker room dynamic at this point. I, I really don't. 
Um, you know, I make the YouTube thumbnails, right? And I chose this one for the Goolsby show just because, like, you know, I mean, I, I you mentioned the Reese and Pine in their kind of moment. I mean, just look yeah. at this. I thought this was perfect. Love putting emotion into these YouTube thumbnails and just find you someone who looks at you like Freeman is looking at Drew Pine. <laughs> in this. I think as I was driving, yeah, I was driving home just mulling over talking points for this show. And you, you saw Coach Freeman on the field doing his post-game interview, just surrounded in that just sea of people. And I was like, what's one word to describe this win? And like Coach Freeman's like post-game demeanor and everything. And you saw the, all the pictures of Audrey Estime, you know, on the on the shoulders yep. of the fans. It's like, it's joy, dude. It's it's just pure joy. And it's like, uh, I don't think you would ever get that with Kelly. Like just joy. You know, maybe there's satisfaction that we won or whatever, but um, I, I don't know what to make of that. But um, I think Freeman's doing a hell of a job. I think he's doing a hell of a job. And this is this is fun to, to watch this continue to unfold. Speaking of doing a hell of a job, Mike Goolsby with the uh, the Mike Goolsby show. Um, it, it, and guys, it took me a long time to come up with that name. Let me tell you, it was it was much. Yeah, we went back and forth, a lot of back and forth. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm like, I'm pretty sure just one day it was just titled the Mike Goolsby show, and you're like, oh, I don't okay. think I was even asked what no, to title it. <laughs> you were. <laughs> uh, Shonda says, a hey, new subscriber here in Chicago. Love the show, Shonda. We love you. Appreciate the three thirty three. Um, absolutely. Tremendous. Um, yeah. So I want to say we had another comment. Yeah. Let's talk about the linebackers. Uh, Marist and uh, Bertrand specifically. And I want to say Freeman in his presser on Monday said they're playing so much nickel. So Kaiser wasn't really getting a ton of snaps. Um, so yeah. Thoughts on uh, these, um, you know, these defensive players. Yeah. I'm glad we brought that up. I'm glad this was brought up. So, JD's best game that I've ever seen him play. The stats reflect that. I'd be off the top of my head. I can't really see on my phone, but it was like 12 tackles, two for loss, sack, and I think he had nine solos, right? Is that that accurate? That's that's precisely. So not as good of a game as I had the last time we knocked off a top 10 team undefeated at home, (laughs) you know, which Tim's brought up. I think I had 14 tackles and a couple for loss. Didn't have a sack, though. But, yeah, JD played fantastic, and he played confident. Um, no anxiety in his, in his body language whatsoever. And it really, really shown or shine through on, on his tackling, just how, like how, how decisive he was and confident he was no false steps. I'm, I'm still blown away at how often we, we, we blitz these guys. And a couple there was a couple chunk plays where, they got us up the middle, but that was just poor timing on a blitz or just the right run call versus the wrong blitz. But J.D. played great. Um, another note to that, in previous games, it seems like our, our defensive line has gotten penetration, um, tried to make plays, almost like you saw what Clemson's D-line was doing, where they were trying to get off blocks and trying to try to make plays. Whereas is this game, it really felt like, and I only rewatched it once, but it really felt like the defensive line did a better job of just piecing up offensive linemen, and we kind of let our, our linebackers run. Whereas, like, they weren't getting penetration and widening gaps or anything like that. Um, you know, Maris flashed a couple times. 
boy, does he look good when you watch the game live. It's just violent as he is and as explosive as he is. And if there was one pointer I could give to Maris, it's just to drop his weight a little bit more. He tends to play straight-legged, and I think that's why he misses so many tackles. He doesn't kind of, um, again, drop his weight to come down. But, um, yeah, yeah, Kaiser got in there a little bit. But we didn't rotate. We didn't rotate. I mean, it was it was J.D. and Marist all game. You didn't see any prints. You saw a little bit of Kaiser there at the end, which I'm more of a fan of, and I, and I know J.D. would say the same. And also, Zach Collinsworth, his name is J.D. Bertrand, not J.T., these NBC guys have been screwing up names. So until they get names right, I'm going to start calling Jack Zach. Zach Collinsworth. <laughs> That's perfect. The All this whole game was JT Bertrand. JT Bertrand. It's like, it's JD, bud. You know, you're making, yeah. Anyways, but yeah, kudos to JD. I, I'm hard on JD, but I've, I've said before, I feel like Mike, he's my spirit animal. I love the way that kid plays. And if, um, you know, Benjamin Morrison didn't, yeah, you know, if he was your MVP on defense, JD was, you know, your one B, as it were. Yeah. yeah. So I'm proud of him. I'm proud of him. He played great. Love it. Uh, Chief Brody says, uh, "Don't know for putting in or putting up with my attitude today. Just, just teasing you, but I, I do appreciate um, the two. Uh, Gary dropped a super chat. Um, appreciate that as well. Please um, let me know if you have a comment or something you want to ask." To uh, Mr. Goolsby. Mike, did you talk about Chris Tyree yet and his usage in the game? Have we? I know that was on your, your notes of things you want to talk about. Did we discuss that? Yeah. Later? Yeah. So, uh, and I think you were talking about this with Tim. I caught a little bit of your all show. Um, yeah, we talked about him. In terms of like his, I've always said I think Chris will be a nice little NFL player, like an Austin Eckler kind of light. Maybe that's where uh, I get the idea. Yeah, probably so, just like everything else. But um, <laughs> I think he uh, – it was like perfect usage. Just a couple swing passes to him, get him out in space. And the, that's what he is. That's what he is. He's a – not that – say calling him a gadget guy, Mike, kind of carries a negative connotation. I wouldn't call him a gadget guy per se, but he's not a true running back um, as we know it. So, yeah, he's a – He's a mismatch guy. Get him out in space. Use more 22 personnel, which I started calling for in the offseason, you know, before the season even kicked off. Because it's like if you put him in the backfield, you put a linebacker on him in coverage, it's a mismatch. You put him on safety against him, it's kind of a mismatch. If you put a linebacker on him, you're walking somebody out of the box. We hammered inside with Estime. Um, it, it just it really feels like, and we said this last week or started to touch on it, it feels like Coach Reese is really starting to get his arms around the best way to utilize his players um, and just their kind of inherent skill sets. And um, like same would go with like Jaden Thomas. You know, I love the way coach Reese is using him as kind of a, a move guy, a blocking sort of semi-attached tight end H back ish type piece. Um, so yeah, kudos to, to Tyree for having a nice little game. And that's all we want from him. He give you 50 yards of offense on, Unlimited touches, what more could you ask? Because that's how he'll be utilized in the NFL. Um, quick thought, and then I'm going to move to a couple of super chats. One, uh, my, my thought is, like, the term game manager is kind of seen as a negative thing, but it's it's not meant to be a negative thing. It's like pine one offensive MVP from Freeman for the game because he just kind of managed things, moved things along, no pre-snap penalties, something that fans, us common folk, don't think about 
Um, but that's, you know, something that you only notice when it goes wrong. Like that's, that's an important thing, right? Same with gadget guy. Like, I think that's a compliment because you can be used in so many different roles. You know, you, you're going to put, uh, you know, is Audrick SMA catching a lot of passes in the slaughter or a punt return? Like Tyree can do just so many different things. You know, versatile maybe is a nicer thing than, you know, maybe looked on. Uh, more favorable. Yeah, gadget guys. Guy. Gadget guys got a negative connotation. The Swiss Army knife is more of a, yeah, a positive. But I just can't you just see him playing, you know, in a Tom Brady, you know, in one of those Patriot teams and just being all over the field. Can you just yeah, just a check, yeah, just a checkdown guy. And and I the other thing too, I I've, I've seen with the with the running game in general, and I would lump Tyree into this. A little bit more stretch cutback type stuff we saw this year. We had uh, this week rather stretch cutback, downhill bounce. The timing of the running game is like fully synced up now. The spacing and the timing of things, and this is the, the end result. You rushed for you know whatever it was, two hundred fifty plus yards. But yeah, I can absolutely. I think whether it's Chris Tyree and he's coming back, or you know he can come back. Um, I don't know if he'll be a I don't even know if he'll be a draft pick guy, but he's the type of guy that'll he'll run a four three something at his pro day and he'll look great catching the ball and he'll make an NFL team and have a nice little career. There's very little doubt in my mind that that's the case. It's kind of the same things I was saying about Avery Davis. Um, but yeah, that it's just unfortunate that Avery has battled so many injuries and I don't know. I don't know if he plays football again. But as as we're but talking he'll about, have, he'll have time. I mean, he tore his ACL, Mike, in such a in, at a point in time where he can rehab and come back for a year? workout. No, he, I'm saying if he wanted to leave and go to the league, he yeah. should be healed up and healthy by the time you know the off season comes yeah. around to go Dude, run. 2017 class, which is the same year like Tua was, in, you know, like those same years like Tua Tagovailoa. So it's in Trevor Lawrence, I think. So it's like. Yeah, crazy. Um, just how long he's been around. Gary with the super chat, uh, appreciate it. He says, "Long time fan, love the show." What's the Navy game look like, Mister Goolsby? Um, I think Navy's pr- they're pretty bad this year. Notre Dame's I think nineteen point favorite right now. What do you think, Mike? The only the only cause for alarms too strong or cause for concern is. Uh, the lack of experience on the defensive staff in terms of like defending a triple option. So like Al Golden's recent history has been in the NFL and obviously they don't run it there. Um, I saw Notre Dame struggle with the, I think Kelly early in his tenure lost to Navy and it was because Greg Madison wasn't on the defensive staff anymore. And Greg Madison was there under Davey was there under Willingham and dude knew how to play the option. So that's a little bit of a concern um, just in terms of like the experience of how do you prepare and how do you play against the option. Another thing is our linebackers haven't been great and haven't been consistent in terms of filling gaps throughout the course of the season. That's why I think Coach Golden blitzes them as often as he does. Uh, But they're a handful, dude. They're a handful. Um, It's a great game to get hurt in because there's so much cut cut blocking going on that's just one of those things where get in and get out uh do we cover by 19 um i'd say probably not i'd say probably not but i I think we win handily uh, our youtube show between you and and and, uh all of our content between you and, and hide 
I love your guys' sayings, right? Tim, certain it's he says chit chat all the time. So I, no one else in my that life. guy must say chit chat in his sleep. <laughs> he also always he always loves saying, and I know Tim's listening to this. The guy is the biggest Notre Dame junkie. I've you know I know so he 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 listens to everything we we do and watches all of our videos. Um, so Tim, uh, we'll say just win by one, just win by. I'm sure that's what Tim's thinking. And and Tim, when you watch this, let me know if if for, for Navy you're just thinking just win by one, just get out of there, just win the game. Um, but they'll come to play. I mean, they will take it as a personal challenge, and they will absolutely play hard for four quarters. I've played against them multiple times. Um, but that game for us is just get in and get out with a win. I'm going to push back on you a little bit with the inexperience against the triple option because Al Golden's so old that he probably has played against it. He was, a, you know, coached at Miami, played against Tech, coached at Temple. I'm sure they played Navy. Um, and then this Notre Dame team plays Navy every year. So um, they have that experience. I mean, they – I think it was 34-6 last year. I never even watched that game, by the way. I was in Key West at a bachelor party. Um, yeah, so that game, there's one other game I haven't watched since I started working at Blue and Gold. That's not important, though. This is where my mind goes. I just kind of go off the rails. But, um, yeah, so, I don't know. I think they'll beat the crap out of them, personally. Um, John, <laughs> I really do. I think, dude, Notre Dame is just so much better. Like, yeah, if the linebackers, maybe. But it's like, dude... I think this defense line is just going to tear him up. But. Well, you'd be you'd be a great in-game, you know, commentator, Mike. You know. Oh, I think that. Hey, we're here. We're here for uh, Notre Dame versus Davy. Go ahead and change the channel. This is going to be a blowout, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean. That's fantastic. Yeah. All right, let's put us in the booth of the Navy game. We can. Uh, that's on ABC. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say the NBC guys can bring us in instead of Zach, Zach Collinsworth, and um, um, Jerry, Jerry, um. Jerry Garrett. There you go. There you go. All right, John, appreciate the kind words. Well, it'd be, um, Mason, it'd be Mason Garrett to be fair, but go ahead. Jay, I couldn't think of anything around with Jason. So, yeah, That's there right. you go. Mason Garrett. Well, I'm here. Okie dokie. Uh, Snowman says Tennessee, Alabama, Clemson, all long. Well, don't just blow over that super chat. He said it's the most fa- fun Notre oh, Dame fun. show to watch. Is that what it said? Fun? Really? I believe so. Fun? So, yeah. I, we try to make it fun. There's a Hell lot yeah. of shoot. There's most a lot. There's a lot fun. of Notre Dame content out there. Most, but yeah. We fun. try to, we try to make it fun. At least I do. I mean, just look at our thumbnails. All the fun things, I, I, dude. You, the, I, I did a little. Or we published a video with Patrick and Tyler talking post game, and I always will pick the thumbnail based on, a, like, a screen grab of them talking. It, it, it took me a good 20 minutes to find this one of just them smiling, both smiling at the same time. I'm trying to bring out emotion, you know, emotion Joy. in our thumbnails and our videos, just interesting, you know, outside of the Notre Dame YouTube official YouTube channel, we're the biggest, you know, we're the biggest, we're the best. So yeah, we're, we're glad to smash uh, that like button. Let's get to a thousand. Can we get to a thousand likes on this? Should have said that much earlier in the show. Well, yeah, let's get to a thousand likes. We got 1800. We got, excuse me, 814 people live with us right now. So just, Hit the thumbs up button. Support us. We would, we would love that. Um, yeah. So Snowman says Tennessee, Alabama, and Clemson all lost um, on the same day. Thoughts on that, Mike? You kind of touched on that a little bit earlier. Yeah, yeah. It was one of the first things I talked about. Snowman. Um, college football is absolutely cyclical in terms of teams are up, 
for a decade and then they're down and then they're up and then they're down. So Notre Dame's under Coach Kelly, to his credit, I mean, there was absolutely some down years, but I feel like we've always kind of hung around. You know, we've always been relevant because we're Notre Dame, but yeah, Bama losing twice is unheard of. Um, I still think Tennessee's star is kind of on the rise. Is again, Bama's lost twice, but I go back to Clemson losing to us in the fashion that they did, and I'm big on like the eyeball test. And I'm just telling you, Snowman, and anybody else that's listening, when you look at us physically on the field in our pads, and versus what Clemson looks like. Um, it's almost like if you bet, you ever been to, you ever been to the horse races, Mike? Yes. No. As a kid. I went to one. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So like sometimes you can, you can watch the horses walk out of the stalls, like on their way to the track and you just, I have no, I know nothing about horse racing. I hope it stays that way, but you know, you make a bet just based off the, the look of the horse, the color of the horse, whatever. But I'm telling you, our horses look better, substantially better than Clemson. I still think there's some spots. Quarterback, obviously, we need to, to to find one and develop one. I still think interior defensive line, although we need more Gabe Rubio types. And then uh, a little bit more, you know, special athlete at the wide receiver position. But it's not far off, dude. I'm telling you, it's not far off. So to go back to the cyclical thing, if some of these teams start to slide, maybe Notre Dame slides right in and, um, you know, re- replaces a Clemson in terms of, the elites of college football based off of what I saw the way the game played out and what I saw based off the eyeball test, like Brian Brise, you know, the, their defensive tackle, Mike, his body hasn't changed since high school. Yeah. He's a slop dumpy gut, no hamstring. Like dude doesn't look like he spends any time in the weight room. He's gifted in terms of his quickness and all that, but he looks sloppy. You know, we don't look like that. All right, Mike. You got like 30 seconds on this one. Um, why don't more teams run the triple option? Super uh, 199 from a Milton fan here. It's probably, it's not sexy. Um, it, it'd be, it'd be impossible to recruit. I mean, you don't really see it at the high school level and triple option. The remnants that you see of it, it's, it's just an equalizer in terms of like, you looked at Syracuse's nose tackle, who was 5'11", 260. I mean, that's a Navy Air Force team, service academy team, kind of across the board at those line positions. So they can't compete against a 6'8", 310-pound kid like Joe Walt. They can't recruit those kids. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not sexy. And um, it's not ultimately, it's not transferable to the NFL. Ask me why, I don't know. But um it just, it is what it is. I appreciate it. I hate playing against it, but it's, um, I really appreciate the discipline that it takes to execute a, a scheme like that. Yeah. Try being a receiver and playing a triple option. I will say Demarius Thomas, Georgia Tech. Yeah. He played in one NFL. Calvin Johnson played in one. Yeah. See, I grew up a tech fan. I was trying to remember if uh, his latter stage, I only, yeah, I think it was just one year um, that he was in that triple option, would have been like 08. Oh, 09, one of those years. But uh yeah, grew up a, a diehard. Um I cried. R.I.P. dude. R.I.P. Demarius Thomas, by the way. R.I.P. man. Damn. Forgot about that. All right. Moving along. <laughs> uh I love this comment. I love when people say I disagree with you, Mike, in the YouTube comments. I'm like, I don't know which Mike you're talking about. So this this was funny. I like Mike, but not Mike. I, I agree, Crystal. I agree. 
Uh, I thought this was funny. How much of a super chat do we need to to join the Mike Goolsby show? Thirty second cameo. How much money? Do you want to? This looks like Tyler Buckner's little brother. Do you want to invite Tyler Buckner's little brother on the show, Mike? I can't see that close. Oh, I yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe next season. We we to, to play along, Alexander. We think of ideas all the time in terms of like how to grow the show, different elements to add. I mean, we could do a live stream watching the game. Like, you know, you'd have the YouTube show on the background while you're watching an ABC, NBC broadcast. And that's something we could do. It's, but Alexander, there's a lot of liability, dude. So if we do it live, you know, I don't know if you're going to come on the screen butt naked. I don't know what's <laughs> going to come out of your mouth. I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth, Alexander, when we do these live, much less yours. So there's a little bit of a liability factor. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's yeah that that the, the live watch longs I'm intrigued with, but it's just like I watch I watch all the games streamed. I have Peacock and I have my uh, uh, father in law's cable login, so I'm like two minutes behind everything. You know when it was on ESPN, so I was like I don't I don't know how I don't know how all that would work because we all we all got to be watching the same thing at the same time. Um, now if we were together, you know, it'd be pretty cool. Be pretty cool. Well, then we'd actually meet. Isn't that crazy? Notre Dame needs to recruit more guys in your area. I'll fly my ass out there. Be be happy to. Well, I got one. I got one. I got a kid. I got a kid that's got five power five offers. And I know Notre Dame follows him on Twitter and he qualifies academically. 24? He's a 2024. Caleb Pifrom. He's a three-star dad. So six, offensive, 10, lineman? offensive lineman. Yeah. He just started taking football seriously. Um you know, kind of knowing that that was his future. I think he thought he was going to be a hooper until he woke up one day and he's 6'6", 300 pounds. Uh, but, yeah, he's uh, he's 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 raw, but he's got a lot of traits. All right, we, we do have some more like, actual items to get to. Um, but you guys are just cracking me up. Um, Tim says, where where's the GoFundMe page for the T-shirts? T-shirts are another one of those ideas that we just talk about, but we, we don't do much past an actual follow-up. Just, we just do this show. Just – you know, doing the show is is enough for us. I'm gonna do the team. I'm I'm gonna do the t-shirts. I'm I'm convinced. I'm gonna try it. I I feel like I have I, I do have like a, a framework of how to pull it off, Tim. So stay tuned. I love it. I'll wear it every single day. Every single day. What uh, else we gotta get to? There, I don't Michael? know if I made a pass at Goolsby, um, Jay Proop, but uh, I don't know. It's Monday, so. I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't pick that up. Uh, if Notre Dame wins out, do they go to a big six bowl game? I think so. I think so. Yeah, I would I would think so too. I would think so too in terms of the way gosh, I wish what is it about these teams though after they play us play us, they fall off a cliff, right? Yeah, I'm talking I mean, I guess, you know, Syracuse, three straight losses, BYU's kind of a dump turned into a bit of a dumpster fire. We do have some nice wins. Um, it, it's all going to come down to. I mean, I could easily, I could easily see us beating USC in the same fashion we beat Clemson. Sure, I really can. Yeah, I don't think they've been invincible. I mean, they lost to Utah. I can't tell you I've watched a lick of Pac-12 football this year, but uh, well, know. Utah, Utah. Uh, I mean, that's another kind of like culture program, and they do they do recruit. They've got like a, they got a fun quarterback to watch, but. I mean, if that defense, and I know Tim talked about this, but like this was the first game that I've seen under 
Freeman's tenure, save for the first half of the Ohio State game where the defense played the way that you should play defense. And flying to the ball like that, feeding off each other's energy, it's fun. It's a, it's fun to, to do, and that's where cr- turnovers are created. So we've got a nice formula here. And, yeah, I could absolutely see us winning out. Um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll see. But I, I'm still that kind of game-by-game, take-it-one-game-at-a-time guy. Notre Dame Clemson Cotton Bowl, or excuse me, Notre Dame LSU Cotton Bowl. There you go. Yeah, go. I think some people would tune in to watch that. Uh, Mike, did you get to see the little uh, right before halftime little skirmish deal? I did. Actually, it happened wait. right in, happened right in front of us. All right, before you comment, um, for folks maybe who are with us live because we addressed this very early in the show, we did not plan to match. Just kind of happened. Um, and please do hit the thumbs up on this YouTube video. We would really appreciate that as well. Uh, but yes, Mike, so you got to see that. What, It'd be it, funnier if I shaved the rest of my beard. I did shave. like two But yeah, so thoughts on what you saw, and did you kind of like the reaction from Notre Dame? Well, Bill, this is fun to talk about. So I like the fact that Adam Iola was talking shit, and he had it coming. Right. Uh, in terms of like the, the Clemson guy shoving him, he kind of had it coming because he was chirping. Right. So I like the fact that he was talking shit going into halftime. Um, I like the flop job by Adam Iola. I, when I was watching it and, I, and when I watched back on the television broadcast, I wish they'd mixed it up a little bit more. I feel like it got broken up too quickly for my taste. Um, for my taste, I wish there was a little, a little bit more of a, uh, you know, just nose to nose, but it was absolutely um, a great way to go into halftime because I can only imagine what that locker room was like, you know, after something like that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I love it. I love stuff like that. I love it. Um, I just wish there was a, li- a little bit more face to face you know jaw jacking building off of that mike okay like when drew pine you know keeps like these late hits and these things like that uh and our offensive line does a great job in pass protection all these stuff but like when these late hits and things come out i'd like to see a little bit more of a reaction from the offensive line to stick up for their guy you know that doesn't need to be um worth a penalty but I, I do want those guys to stick up for their quarterback in those instances, similar to like what we saw before the half. I'd love to see a little bit more of that. Final word, Goolsby, before we get out of here. I think that the ACC – Yeah, the rest of this rest of the season too. Say that one more time. Kind of thoughts on, you know, reflection on the on the win and kind of what's next from here. It was a it was a – again, I'm in awe of the performance. I think that – I think that Clemson is probably on the 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 the, the downslope. Sure, I really do. Um, I was proud of the the fan engagement at the the, the night game. I no do think that the environment. Fourth, say that one more time. No sleepy environment. And what about the song choices, Mike? I know that's very important to you. Song choices, I still have a major beef with. <laughs> and so we drove to the game. So I was talking to my buddy Tim. On the drive back, I was like, and this is me being an asshole, but I'm like, you know, the light show thing. 
I was like, was it just me or is that like, it's disjointed. Like they'll play, you know, six bars of a song and then they transition into another song and it just seemed a little disjointed. Like I like the overall effort and the creativity, but I'm not, yeah, I'm not a fan of like the Venga boys. And there's, you know, we are playing songs that were popular 16 years ago. Uh, it's just, it's a little like, it's slightly awkward. It's slightly awkward, like the light show thing. But I do think that the fans came to, the fans showed up. I think the team gave them reason to. Um, I think that the, just going through my notes here, I think that the ACC is uh, not very good. I mean, what are we, 27 and 0 or whatever, 37 or 27 and 0 in the ACC? I saw that somewhere online. Um, and then this, the, the recruiting weekend is the only other thing that we didn't touch on that I put in my notes. Um, like we had 60 recruits there. And I'm just telling you, like moments like this, in a lot of ways, it's kind of like what life is about. And like, this is what football is about. And not only like, do you have a group of kids that are committed to play to Notre Dame, play at Notre Dame, you got some 2024 kids that are still making up with their minds. But this is a type of thing where you take like a Drake Bowen and a Peyton Bowen and whoever else was there that's currently committed to school. And this is when they commit to something bigger than just going to play at Notre Dame. Like this is like, they're like, guys, let's win a MF and national championship. I mean, this is when that seed kind of gets planted in those youngsters mind, um, like a, an influential experience like this. So this is fun that so many kids got a chance to to witness something like that. So, so the song choice is a little awkward. Notre Dame's a little awkward. So yeah, it works out. Well, yeah, they do stuff during the game where they'll talk about like, you know, academic, like up on the Jumbotron, they'll talk about like an academic pursuit or like a charity mission or whatever. And it's like, I full on like respect it, but bro, we're, like this is a big time football game. That juxtaposed with the Mo Bamba song. It's awkward. <laughs> it's awkward. And it's like, I know we're like a, a high academic institution, no doubt. But like, this isn't the place or time, maybe before the game. You know, have it like uh, like running like a, a trailer at a movie theater, right? But don't interrupt the movie to show me like a. It's just it's it's slightly awkward, slightly awkward. All right, Mike, you you can uh, answer this one with uh, two letters: LSU or ND in a bowl game. I would say, without doing any research, Milton, I would say Notre Dame would for the same reason I thought they'd beat Clemson. Um, it's just more of a culture piece thing. Um, I, I can't quantify why they would win, but I just think that they they would win in terms of going after their ex-head coach. And like I said, I talked about the, the joy that seems to be sort of attached to Freeman. And I, I genuinely think the fan base is like rooting for him. I think that they like, like him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I would, I would say that we would beat LSU. Yeah. Mr. Goolsby, fantastic work tonight. You were, this was one of your best performances. Do you just make a pass at me, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think the Tennessee game was your number one. Maybe this is number two. So nice, man. Well, I appreciate that. Let's uh, again smash that like button and then stay tuned, folks. We got stuff coming. Yeah, there you go. All right. So what's tonight? Monday. We got Hyde Show Wednesday night. Singer recruiting show Thursday, one p.m. Eastern time. Post game show. Goolsby Sunday, next Sunday show. I'll be here. 
back to our regular Sunday spot. Um, and uh, yeah, we appreciate everybody. You all have been fantastic. YouTube live folks. Seriously, I, I love reading the chat and laughing. I And folks watching back on YouTube, I read all of your comments because we get so many spam comments. So I have to delete all those. So I see everything. And for podcast audience, I always recommend you to move over to the YouTube sphere so you can. Uh, we have a lot of people who will say, hey, um, I was listening to you guys on the podcast and then enjoyed it so much more on YouTube because I got to see the facial expressions and anytime Goolsby makes a comment on a specific quarterback and how I'm, you know, I don't know. My, you guys can explain what my reaction is better than I can. So, you, you know, no, I watched that when I watched um, after the Syracuse game, I watched it back and your reaction to some of the things I was saying, it literally made me laugh out loud. <laughs> there you go. So not only so. is it excellent insight from a goat of Notre Dame football, you know, you get to laugh a little bit too. Um, Milton fan, uh, t- uh, yeah, kill me, Milton fan. You've been watching all show, and now you're dropping your super chats like this. What do you, what do you got? Georgia D line versus ND O line. Who's your money on? I haven't seen enough of Georgia play, but I'm I have truly I haven't to make an educated answer. Uh, I lean on Notre Dame's. I mean. So Milton, real quick, drop another super chat. No, please who's, don't. Who's, who, who, <laughs> whose D-line is better, Georgia's or Clemson? So prior to this last game by Clemson, who do you think had a better D-line, Georgia or Clemson? So there's, yeah, that should help you out with an answer. But, yeah, I, I have all the confidence in the world in our line. Bobby, your comment here is killing me. No, we did not. Total coincidence. Okay. All right. I'm out of here, folks. Goolsby, fantastic work. Appreciate Thanks, everyone listening and watching. We'll catch you guys next time. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.